Ever have the moment when you feel like everything's finally falling into place and you can't believe it's really happening? Then it isn't. Welcome to what I like to call our nomadic period. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. Back in 2013, while Josh was still in the army, he had one of his annual training. It was two weeks. And then the company that they had brought in to train his his army unit was very intriguing to Josh. He was very interested and he, he loved working alongside with them. And they, they asked him to stick around. They said, hey, will you stick around for another week and help us train another unit and checked in with me and what am I going to do of course you can stay around we only had one kid so the idea of him being gone an extra week wasn't extremely daunting when I went to pick him up from this training the first thing he said to me was I want to work for them someday and you know, I, I hadn't been there. I hadn't actually participated or seen the training in, you know, as far as how everything worked. But that's great, you know, to, to see to see someone, especially your spouse, just so excited and and just revved up about something and a future and, and here's a destination, here's somewhere I want to go. Because we knew that he wasn't going to be career military. So we knew that, that the, his contract with the military was going to be coming to an end at some point and we needed to have something else and he was excited about this. So maybe that is what we have. I, I don't know. It was cool and I didn't want to you know, strongly encourage or strongly discourage. I just kind of left it at that, said that's great. The training that he did was in crisis management so he, they were doing this simulation work where they would simulate this this disastrous event and then the unit that was in training at the time had to deal with it appropriately as far as the public affairs, which is what Josh did in the military and different units had to do different things. Anyway, he, he was just, he could not stop talking about it and it was so exciting to see his passion in that. And then that was kind of it. We went back to our everyday lives and to his everyday job, found out we were expecting kid number two, and you just go on with life. So then in in August of 2017, four years later, Josh gets a call from a connection that he made when he was deployed, who now she works for this, this company, and she said, hey. We've got this opening. Do you want it? I think you'd be great. 
and the the job that he was he was working at that time wasn't his dream job it was just kind of what we thought would be a step in the right direction and the idea of working for this group that he had dreamed about four years before it it was obviously you know dream come true this is this is great wow we couldn't have asked for anything better the thing was it was in texas let me just remind you or fill you in if you didn't already know josh grew up in wisconsin i grew up in minnesota that's we we really hadn't gone much south from there (laughs) and we were living in michigan we had lived in michigan for a while and we were back in wisconsin so texas wow that's a change i i didn't need any sweaters anymore that's for sure we packed everything up and i you know gave all my sweaters to the thrift store and um, we moved to Texas. Uh, we stopped at my in-laws in Arkansas on the way, left the kids there, and Josh and I, with a U-Haul full of all of our earthly possessions, went to Texas. We were about an hour out from our destination of San Antonio when Josh got a call. We were pulled over at an old gas station. I don't know if it just happened to be at the same time we were already pulled over or if we pulled over for it. But he got a phone call from the CEO of the company. Sorry to say this, the the contract fell through on the other end and the job's not there anymore. And I could I couldn't hear what the conversation was. But I had an idea that it was not good for us just from the look on Josh's face. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I understand. No, that's fine. Yeah, okay, well, we're in uh, Texas right now with everything. Oh, okay, well, just let me know when you know anything else. And he hangs up and he said, the job's not there. All right. Now, I've talked about this before, and I think wives and and moms, you can probably relate to this as well. We have such a strong need, a desire for security. And in a moment like that, as much as you love your spouse and and you feel as though you 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 trust the Lord in his, in his plans for your life and your family, it's really hard to feel security at that time. Well, I can't say that I was the mo- I had the most spiritual response, but I knew at this time that getting all bummed out and upset about it was not going to help the situation. So I do remember encouraging Josh, like, well, you know, let's just keep going and and we'll see. You know, maybe maybe it'll work out in the end. Let's just you know, drop our stuff off in storage here in Texas, and then we'll figure it out. Let's just just take the next step and we'll figure it out. So we we did. We unloaded everything into a storage unit in San Antonio. And we took the train back to my in-laws house. And all right, what next? <laughs> what do we do next? Um, we thought that perhaps... Things would get ironed out and the contract would be good and 
It didn't. The contract never came back. Now, my in-laws had been closing up, finishing off their house rental business. So it sounds kind of crazy to say, but they just happened to have a house just down the road that we could live in. So we thought, well, it's temporary. We can stay here. I'm a very social person. I love to have people. I love to have friends. I love that companionship, the, the idea of sharing life with someone else. At this time, we didn't have that anymore. We had left a church that we loved. We had left friends and a small group Bible study. And this area where my in-laws live, it's more of a retirement area. So there aren't a ton of young families. We started attending a church in the area, which we thought is just, you know, it's all short term, right? It's, it's, the job is coming back. This is just a test. We'll be fine. We put the boys in the Iwana program there and on every Wednesday. And they were in the children's church or nursery every Sunday. And we'd show up and we'd smile and, and that was it. No one was reaching out to us, inviting us over, seeking to get to know us. Just kind of went to church felt invisible, and went back to the house that wasn't ours. I struggled a lot. There was this one time where I just felt so isolated that I, I just bawled my eyes out in the shower because I thought the water running over my face might, might relieve the sting of the tears. And I, I came up with this genius idea I came out and I told Josh I'm gonna call the church I'm gonna call the church secretary and I'm gonna ask if they have anybody who will be my friend Josh just looked at me I think he was wrestling with is she serious she's not gonna do that is she oh my goodness I think she's serious (laughs) I could see all this playing through in his mind and then as as I was watching his mind and his wheels turn I realized that, wow, that that sounds pretty pathetic. I missed just the companionship. We didn't have our church body. We didn't have the friends. And there wasn't a lot to do. August in Arkansas is hot. And (laughs) the boys didn't want to go to the parks because the parks were hot and everything was hot. (laughs) It was It was hard. After about three months, Josh and I decided that this area was not going to offer him much as far as future employment went because we had given up on the idea of Texas ever happening again. So we went down and we got all of our stuff out of storage, packed it back into a U-Haul and took it and put it in storage in Arkansas. And decided that, you know what, let's see what Minnesota has. And so we checked in with my parents and they were excited to have us. And so we loaded up another U-Haul and drove up to Minnesota. And we lived in my parents' basement for a month. I think it was three or four days 
after we unloaded the U-Haul into storage in Minnesota that Josh got a call from that company saying, hey, I've got some news. We have a full-time position. It's remote and it's with us. It's not subcontracted through us. It's actually with us. I can send you the details. Would you like it? Okay, so we weren't exactly expecting that. Josh had begun to pursue job positions in in the Twin Cities area because he thought, well, that's going to be more booming than Arkansas. But the job with this company was not in our thoughts at all. And But at the same time, it was there. And we knew that it was something that he had wanted to do for so long. And instead of subcontracting through them, he was actually having a position with them. And so, you know, we knew it was, it was for real and it wasn't going to go away. So he accepted the job for those four and a half months of not knowing what was going on. All of a sudden we have a, have a job. Wow, this is, this is exciting. So kind of to backtrack in 2013 is when he found out about this job. In 2014, we had considered moving to Kansas City because it would be more centrally located where all of our family was living at the time. And when when this position was then offered, and it was a remote position, right away both of us thought, Kansas City. So it was it was more of that centrally located with a hub and an airport and it just seemed to work great so we so we packed up that U-Haul I I don't even know which count I I stopped counting and we moved down to Kansas City area and that's where we've been since I've shared a lot of the negative side in the moment it's a lot easier to see the negatives I'm not sure that's that's completely wrong. If you're reading through the Psalms, you'll see that David will often start off with the negatives and how rough everything is going for him at that time. And then there's the turning point. And I think that's the important part. We have the negatives, but we need to come to that turning point. Throughout that time, which... I call our nomadic period. We were able to have focused time with our family, with our boys. Thankfully, none of them were school age. Our oldest turned five shortly after we moved into my in-laws' extra house. But we didn't have to worry about schools. The boys have always gotten along pretty well. And they're basically best friends, and they were totally fine, just the three of them, playing all the time. They would go down to my in-laws and drive their Fisher-Price car, which we kept out of the U-Haul. They would drive their Fisher-Price car down the hill. They, they They would just do everything together, and it was so sweet to see them building these memories and these experiences. They didn't know how uncertain life was at the time. It was just so sweet to get to watch them and their their simple trust of us. And wow, what a lesson for me to learn. That focused time with family was 
so good, so good and so needed. I didn't know I needed it. Another positive from this time is that our second was potty trained because we didn't go anywhere. What else am I going to do? I'm going to finally, finally potty train the second one. Now, those who have done this potty training will understand why this makes my list of positives, okay? (laughs) Although the contract had fallen through and, and didn't end up working out, the company was able to supply Josh with part-time work. I believe he was guaranteed 15 hours of research and work for them. He ended up, because of the massive storms that were going through and hitting Texas and Florida and the Virgin Islands, because of all of that happening, he was actually, he was actually getting 40-plus hours every week And God was providing for our family. We were able to pay off some of the (laughs) U-Hauls. He had consistent work. Living in my in-law's extra house and then in my parents' basement, we had limited bills. That's a blessing. Another thing that I'd like to get into more another time is depression specifically postpartum depression I dealt with that after our second son was born like I said not going to get into that right now but I didn't have any of that come back I didn't struggle with that depression during this time which I thought was God's grace to not not have that to deal with on top of the uncertainty, I can definitely look back on that and say, wow, God is good. I'm also extremely thankful that our boys had opportunities to bond with the grandparents that they didn't have before. You really get to know somebody a lot better when you live 500 feet down the road or 15 stairs away. It was so sweet to see them interact especially at such a young age where they're they're solidifying identities of others in their family and they're they're really starting to build the memories they just look back on that time as oh that was so cool we got to live with both grandparents <laughs> yes yes you did yes that was fun to see them almost almost every day all of those things were good But a few things are even more important than all of those benefits, all of those good things. This time of uncertainty really grew our marriage. It could have ripped us apart. It could have made it even more difficult. I don't know what it's like to have my family's livelihood weighing down on my shoulders. My husband does. Proverbs 21.19 says, It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. I had so many opportunities to tear down my husband, make him feel inferior or inadequate or just whatever. That's not what happened. And I'm, and I'm just so thankful that God used this as an opportunity 
to grow our marriage and bring us closer together. It grew our communication because he's the only one I really had that I could talk to. He was right there along with me in this and he understood what I was dealing with. It grew our reliance on each other instead of on friends. This was definitely greater for me than I think it was for him. But I found myself reaching for my phone thinking, who can I text? Who can I, who can I tell about this today? I would just come up short with who I was going to talk about it because they, they didn't understand. They, they weren't there, but my husband was. I had this opportunity where I could be pouring out my heart more and more to him instead of seeking that from friends. This nomadic period in the life of our family is such a clear example of God's faithfulness that we've been able to hold on to and revisit in times of confusion and the unknowns since. It kind of makes me think of the people of Israel as they were traveling through the desert. God had brought them out of Egypt and he said he had he would be taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey and everybody's excited nobody as far as i know nobody there had ever seen this land because they had all grown up in egypt and been in slavery so there's that excitement that anticipation for something amazing and when god would do something with the people while they were traveling they would set up these these stones um, pile of stones and they did it on on the edge of the Jordan River after they crossed into the promised land they set up these stones we find this in Joshua chapter 4 and it says when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan the Lord said to Joshua take 12 men from the people one from each tribe and command to them saying take 12 stones from here of the midst of the Jordan from every place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God in the midst of the Jordan, take each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And looking back on our time of the confusion, the unknowns, in our nomadic period, I can look back on it and see it as a testament of God's faithfulness and his goodness and his control. And you know what's crazy is that since then there have been, I don't even know how many times where I thought I had some sort of control. And spoiler alert, I don't. I don't have the control that I would really like to have, but God has proven himself faithful. And when I take the time to stop and think back on these times that God has proven himself, it's an excellent reminder. It's the reminder that I so desperately need that he's in control, 
and that he is good. And although we can't see it at the time, he has a plan and he's not surprised. The valleys of life aren't fun, but that's when we grow. That's when we can see God and hopefully we have a knowledge of him that we can take into the valleys with us so that we can find a way to see him in the valley and realize we were not alone. He's been with us this whole time and he's good. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were encouraged or challenged by something you heard. And I always love hearing from listeners. So please, please reach out at Tina Hornick on Instagram or at keepingmysanity.com. 